It's here. It's here. Hockey is back. Welcome, everybody, to another edition of Spits and Suds. And it's so good to say non-off-season edition of Spits and Suds. I'm Gavin Spittle of 105.3 The Fan, joined by my teammate from EP Rinkside, from Shap Shots, from his work at D Magazine, and from his uh, multiple books on the Dallas Stars and the Texas Stars. He's Sean Shapiro. Teammate, how are you today? I'm doing pretty good. I'm. Uh, it's it's fun. We've reached the, the 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 busy but fun time of year, and uh, it's also the weirdest time of year too. At the same time, because uh, like we know the preseason is going and everything like that, but just with how and this isn't common. This isn't a commentary on the stars themselves. This is more of my commentary on the league in general. With how the NHL treats preseason hockey, it feels so weird because, like, I'm looking at the schedule right now. There's preseason games tonight between Buffalo, Pitts, Buffalo and Pittsburgh, Detroit and Washington, New Jersey and New York, Colorado and Minnesota. I think there's like six preseason games tonight, right? Yeah. I can only feasibly watch two of those. And it's just amazing to me that in the year 2023, and this isn't a commentary on individual teams because this, this, I believe this comes, this is this, I believe this, I put this more on the league in general that in the year 2023, it's so hard to actually watch preseason hockey when there are people. And it's obviously not going to be the largest swath of audience that you would have for regular season games, but there's still enough people who want to watch these games and would, would tune in and watch. And so uh, that's more of my, uh, I understand the system. I understand. I'm, I'm not asking for someone to explain to me why, I just feel like it's something that the NHL should take a long look in the mirror at and uh, realize that they could fix some of this themselves and make these games more readily available in preseason. I think it would just be good for us. Well, that makes sense. Absolutely. Okay, so a follow-up from the last episode as we continue this Sean Shapiro-Gavin Spittle storyline. Did you stay up for hockey in Australia? Did you watch the following day? And what were your thoughts? I watched the, uh, I, I did not stay up to watch the, well, actually, I did on s- the Saturday night game in Australia, I watched a little bit of the first period. I was already up a little bit late and threw it on on the TV while getting some late night dishes done in the kitchen. Um, but then but, but both of them, I ended up, I ended up pulling them up and watching them kind of uh, watching them the next day on, on the, on the, on the rewatch on ESPN plus and everything like that. So um I uh, talked to, we actually have a listener of the show, um, Simon Cave, who is in Australia as a Stars fan. So shout out to Simon, hey, who Simon. I know was at the game. He's uh, Gavin, he's someone who became a Stars fan because of NHL 99 on the PlayStation. That's how that's how you grow the game any way nice. you can, right? And uh, he, so it was great. I talked to him this week to hear what it was like as being a, uh, being hockey in Australia and uh I actually thought it was pretty good as far as uh, a lot of times I think these preseason games turn into farces because there's too many of them and neither and, and it's typically turns into like we saw if anyone who went to the Dallas game Tuesday night you saw it's really one team it's basically a road team B squad versus a home team A squad and I thought the Australia games were actually as close to actual regular season lineups because both teams sent their best um, obviously pretty, really nice goal of the year candidate before the year even started from Logan Cooley. And it was kind of cool to see, um, I'm not the biggest tennis guy, but I tune in and watch some of it when on the big tournaments. So kind of cool to see the, uh, 
the rink set up there where they uh, where they do the Australian Open. Yeah, I think they should have had a chair umpire and ball boys and ball girls. But cool. other than that, yeah. I really enjoyed it. <laughs> that would have been, that would have been, I don't know how you would have fit the chair umpire in, but you could have fit in like a ball boy on like, like skates for like the puck drop, right? Like you could have done yeah. like the like you could have had that you could have had some fun with that a couple Absolutely. times of like for like like the center ice face off just like gets two p two uh two ball boys on skates just delivering the puck to the referee right so that would have been cool it's interesting you say that sean because the lpga does that for their canadian open and on one of the holes where the women are you know the t-box where the women are driving from they set up hockey boards as instead of stanchions and they have a zamboni on there and a lot of times like the uh uh, the course reporter will be, you know, broadcasting from the Zamboni and the um, the people that have the quiet signs are wearing referee and hockey helmets. And I just That's think a nice it's a, touch. I, it a nice really touch. is. It's a terrific tribute and uh, the fans love it and uh, the the ladies totally get into it. You know, they talk about their favorite hockey team and it's just like, you know, I I really, really love that they do those kinds of things, especially in golf. You know, I mean, we see how mm-hmm. rowdy like a Ryder Cup is, and we can see. Um, I'll give you another example. Last Friday night, Sean, um, we took over section 133 at Globe Life um, Field. And what that is, is it's a section in right field that was kind of started by a fraternity night, and they do chants, okay. and it really is like a soccer game. And my ears were buzzing and it was amazing. It was a completely different way to watch baseball. And I love the unique twists. And that's what I love about let's go to Australia. Let's go to Finland. Let's do this. Let's expand this great game because it is international. Now, one thing that technology has allowed is, you know, the growth of sports where, you know, it's not as hard as it, you know, once was to, follow your team. You can now basically follow any team in the world. And that's just awesome. It is. That is, that is cool. Okay. Stars preseason and the yes. big news, Sean, Logan Stankoven, you wrote mm-hmm. on Shap shots about mm-hmm. Logan Stankoven with the question. And you actually brought up something and you referenced our friend, David Castillo from D D magazine was, it's not a question of, is he ready? Because you answered that question. You talked about when is he ready? I thought it was interesting. Pete DeBoer talked about Maverick Bork and Stankoven after the game. And the primary focus was actually on the defensive end rather than the offensive end. So I thought that was actually a really cool coach's message, especially in training camp. Like this is what these guys have to work on to make this team and get to them early and focus on their defensive side. So I really like that from coach DeBoer. Uh, I like that he was so frank about it. I really enjoyed your article. Uh, I thought it was very in-depth, and I think you nailed it, and this is going to be my opinion, and I'm going to relate it to the Texas Rangers again because we have a lot of Ranger fans that listen to this podcast. Evan Carter is the next big thing for the Rangers, and he's come up late in the year and just provided an amazing spark. Still batting in that nine hole because they don't want to move him right now, but he's the future of the franchise. All year we were talking about Evan Carter on the radio station and how quickly he's developing, yet we didn't see Evan Carter till the end of the year. But now nobody's talking about that anymore. They're just talking about the excitement. 
And I just want to remind people that it's okay if Logan Stankoven starts the year as a 20-year-old in Texas. And in many ways, I think it's actually a good thing. What do you think? Yeah. And as, as I wrote about today on, on, in the piece, it is a, to me, there's a couple like, there's a couple like key facts we need to establish, right? About the, the Logan Stankoven story and his chance to make this roster and things like that. And the first one is, I think like, Logan Stankoven is NHL ready. Like if there's uh, right now, let's do quick because there's going to be 13. I'm doing using my calculator real quick right now. So there's 32 NHL teams. Every NHL team has 13 forwards roughly. That means there's 416 NHL forwards to start the year on opening night rosters. Logan Stankoven is in the top 416 NHL hockey forwards in the world right now. I truly believe that. Like wow. Logan Stankoven is ready to play in the NHL. The issue more so is he's happens to be part of a franchise that is in a clear cup window, um, can win the Stanley Cup. And we're not talking about the Arizona Coyotes. We're not talking about the Montreal Canadiens. If he was part of those franchises, be a no-brainer. This guy would be playing second line minutes already. You'd be getting you'd be running and rolling yeah. with it. But just like your Rangers comparison. The Rangers, that's the luxury. When you're winning, that's when, like, the. I think, and you can tell me whether I'm right or wrong on this, Gavin, but I think from a Rangers fan perspective, people kind of had to recalibrate where we're a good team. Yes. Right? Like, 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 like you have to, like, it's, you, you have to kind of, and I don't think Stars fans need as much of that recalibration because obviously this team went to the, has, has been good in the Jim Nill era. They went to the cup final in 2020. They were in the Western Conference final last year. But I still think people need to remember that, this team is acting like a team that can win it all right now and not a team that says we have to develop one guy. And I think that's a good thing as a fan. I really do. Right. So, so Stankoven is by, by my view, he is, he is ready for the NHL. He's just in the wrong franchise to be in the NHL this season. And the other thing about it is, and, and this is what's the point that David Castillo brought up and it's a fair point, but it's a lot of people use the, the uh, Wyatt Johnson comparison of always oh, not Wyatt Johnson. And I get what David's saying where there they are two different players and they are two different players. But another thing, and to expand even further than I went in the article on this, Wyatt Johnston's season last year also came with a caveat, Gavin, where it wasn't NHL or AHL, it was NHL or OHL, right? And so for Wyatt Johnston, it was more and more of a discussion of we're either putting this kid, Johnston, in a spot where he's in the best league in the world, or he's going to a place where he's better than everyone else. Yep. That's, that's not the conversation for Stankoven right now where he's goes to the AHL. Even if he's the best player in the AHL, he can still get better. We're not talking about him going to junior to play against 18 year olds again. So that's another thing about Stankoven. And the other big thing that is really important. And I, I, I think Pete DeBoer, I like Pete DeBoer's sentiment of the message he sent about defensively and fitting in and everything like that. But the other thing is Jim Nill built this roster with 13 NHL forwards already. And so with Jim Nill's offseason actions and his decisions to sign Sam Steele and Craig Smith and go get Matt Duchesne, all signings we've talked about, and I like, there's not a spot for Jim Nill to get Logan Stankoven onto this roster without an injury. I think Logan Stankoven will play in the NHL this year. I really do. I, but just we're having the argument needs to be recentered on 
when is that next step as opposed to as opposed to whether he'll make because I, I think if we try to pull our hair out and try to pretend that he's potentially can actually win a job for October 10th or 12th or whatever it is in training camp, we're doing ourselves a disservice. And I think right. this context is really important. Right. Absolutely. And you don't want him up as a healthy scratch. That's no, just not that's not, not productive. So I mean, and, and, you know, like, candidly, like, I don't want him on a lower line. I don't want him on a fourth line because I just don't think he fits that mold, even though, as we've talked about on Spits and Suds, Pete DeBoer's system is more offensive minded. You don't have that, quote unquote, hard checking line like we did in the Rick Bonus era. Yeah. Well, and, and Gavin, the other thing, too, is like and this is this is kind of remarkable to think about with where the stars are. Um, and I'd be curious. I'd, I'd have to look across the league to see if it has to see if there's anyone else. But. The stars right now, with their projected roster going into this season, they don't. Ha- they they only have one waiver exempt player on what I project as the roster to start the season. That I mean, I don't. I'd have to take a look across the league to see how many other teams are like that. But it's not like you could be like, oh well, there's this other guy we could send down. The only other guy that's waiver exempt is Wyatt Johnston, and Wyatt Johnston is not getting waived. Yeah. Is necessarily not getting waived. And Wyatt Johnston is not going to the AHL. So it's. That's that's the other thing too, where it's like it's not there there's these pieces that are that are built in where it's not like, oh well, he's competing with this other guy who's waiver exempt and could go down. No, he's he just it's they built this roster. This is the roster Jim Nill thinks can win this Stanley Cup. And Logan Stankoven is part of the plan when someone gets hurt or if uh you come to you come to late December and the stars have forgot how to score goals. Yep. Yeah. I mean, and I want stars fans to think of this perspective. Injury happens. Mm-hmm. Good chance you see Stankoven. Let's just say another injury happens in the forward. Maverick Bork comes up. Let's just say throughout the year there's a defensive injury. You have Gavin Bayreuther. If he remains with the team, you have Jordy Ben. And then we're getting Leon Bixel ready. And he could be a call up as well. That's a that's a great problem to have. I mean, I want Jim Nill to struggle with having to send Stankoven down when someone becomes healthy. Those are great yeah. problems to have in your organization. So we should actually be celebrating this. I know fans want to see him. I get it. It's awesome to see him in preseason. He's 20 years old. It's okay. And by the way, don't forget. Bit of a different circumstance, Sean, but I still think that Jake Ottinger was probably ready. However, they sent him down to begin the year, get that seasoning. He dominated at the AHL level, came up with a lot of confidence, and we know the rest of the story. Well, and Jake has even admitted that to both yeah. of us, I think. He yeah. just talked about that out loud. So that's not really that's a, that's I mean, obviously different position, but it's that's 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 the reality of it. And I think there's a there's something that people it's I, I obviously I am a big believer in the AHL. I wrote a whole book about it. Right. And um, the, I think sometimes people it's, and I think it's part of the media coverage of the AHL because of how hockey's covered. Like I think people sometimes like look at the AHL and they forget that actual growth happens there. I think yeah. too often people look at it like a black box where they're like, oh, well, it's just a holding spot. It's not just a holding spot. Growth happens. Um, I watched, I intentionally went out of my way 
to watch games of Maverick Bork this past this summer from the Texas from 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 his year with Texas and you watch Bork from games 15 through 20 in games 60 through 70 he's a completely different player yep he's an improved player he's better all around he sees the game better uh defensively he tracks better like these are all things Logan Stankoven will get better playing for Texas and if and the other thing, and this is going to sound like the slightly harsh view, but it's it's true. If the stars stay healthy, Gavin, and they they stay incredibly healthy, they only need 13 forwards all year, which doesn't happen. But hypothetically, they do that. There's nothing wrong with your long-term cap structure of Logan Stankoven's contract, contract window being pushed a year farther, right? There's nothing wrong with that. Like if this is win-win for the organization where if they stay completely healthy, they do everything they need to do. And he doesn't play in the NHL this year, which I don't think will happen, but if he doesn't, there's still a positive long-term window here of extending that long-term stars window yes. of, of keeping a competitive team on the ice for three years, five years, 10 years from now too. Yeah. Yeah, absolutely. And once again, the other thing stars fans should be excited about is what do players like Stankoven, Bork, and Bixel, as we've talked about here on Spits and Suds, they provide cap relief, which you need to be a continuous contender here in the NHL. Mm-hmm. You don't want to be dumping off players to dump cap. You want to be building, and it's a good problem to have if you're having to sign those prospects to long-term deals. That means they've hit, and they've hit big in the NHL. So I agree with you, too, Sean. I'm so glad you brought that up about the AHL because – in my years covering the AHL with now the Texas Stars, but primarily with the Houston Arrows, um, mm-hmm. the one thing halting players from coming up was consistency. And yeah. part of that consistency, by the way, was the starting Houston Arrows goaltender, Anton Hudobin, who, <laughs> you know, you'd, I'd watch him and, he, you know, he'd be how is this guy not in the NHL? And then I'd watch the next game and I'm like, wow, does he even want to be here tonight? And he got it together. Mm-hmm. Became a quality NHL backup. We saw what he did in the Stanley Cup run. So I think it's just mostly consistency. But, you know, I mean, it, it's a terrific league. And and that's really, to me, the differentiating factor between the AHL and the NHL. Players are big. Yeah. Players are fast. It's a great league to watch. And you're right. Maverick Bork's development from Tier 1 to Tier 2 as far as past the AHL All-Star break, second half of the year to the point where he got called up, you know, and was taking pregame skates in the playoffs. So that's how impressed the stars were with his development. Yeah. He's a, like, it's, it's a good, and there's a good uh, story on Stankoven from uh, our friend, Stephen Meserve over at hundred degree hockey about how Stankoven and Bork Stankoven looks at Bork and try to use his, uses him as a model for this year. And I think that's a good thing. And I think the other thing that's good about these players and with Bork and Stankoven is I think they get it. Like, I know, I I think there's a lot of, obviously they want to be in the NHL this year, but I also think that they understand the process. They understand the, that they understand how this all works out. Like Stankoven, let's take him for example. Stankoven not that it was his choice to go back to junior last year as the stars plan, but Stankoven embraced another year in the WHL last year and enjoyed going to Memorial cup and all of that stuff and everything. And 
I think he gets that there's steps to this. And I think that he understands that. And I think the stars have kept him in the loop on that too. And I think it's, I don't think there, I don't think this is a crisis thing. And these are, um, these are good problems to have. These are the types of things where it's like, okay, I'm not what you don't want to be. And I think there's, this is a good piece of breaking news that happened today to talk about what good problems and bad problems are. Right. So look what happened in Tampa Bay today. It comes out that Andre Vasilevsky had back surgery. will miss two months. That was a scenario where all of a sudden everyone is going, Oh crap. Look at this depth chart and net for Tampa right now. And it's the perfect example of by Tampa not ever really addressing the backup goalie scenario ever and just only being willing to to ride Vasilevsky. Basically, now that he is hurt, you have big problems. It's, mm-hmm. it's, it's better to have good problems that could solve future problems than to have big than to have problems like Tampa has right now. And I think the uh I think that's where the stars are with their forwards right now. No, I think it's a great point. Absolutely. And it also breeds competition. Something yes, that we yes. we haven't had here at all times, you know, where these guys, these youngsters are going to push the veterans and and that's what you want. You want depth, but you also want uh competition. 